Lawrence Carroll, and welcome to Two Question Tuesday. I'm the author of ETS for the Long Run, Dividend Stocks for Dummies, and a contributor to Forbes.com and Barron's. Each week on Two Question Tuesday, we randomly pick and answer two questions from clients of Focused Wealth Management. This week's questions will be answered by Phil D'Angelo, the Managing Director of Focused Wealth, and Michael Basante, the firm's Director of Financial Planning. Good morning, gentlemen. Morning, guys. Um, last week, Big Oil reported that it had more than doubled its profits in 2022, smashing previous records in a year of volatile energy prices. And one of the reasons for the volatility was Russia's invasion of Ukraine, which reshaped the global energy markets. That combined $219 billion in profits allowed BP, Chevron, ExxonMobil, Shell, and Total Energies to shower shareholders with cash. The top Western oil companies paid out a record $110 billion in dividends and share repurchases. The profit surge gave the oil companies scope to increase spending on oil and gas projects and a chance to rethink energy transition strategies to meet new demands for security supply. Even Total Energy Chief Executive Patrick Poyan said he wouldn't be surprised to see oil back to $100 a barrel, and it currently stands at $79 a barrel. So here's the question. With the Russian war in full swing, What's your view on oil this year? So look, I mean, you know, in the U.S., we've released our strategic petroleum reserves uh, to try to keep prices down. We've capped Russian oil, uh, et cetera. You know, 75% of the world's uh, main energy source is, is still fossil fuels and, and namely, you know, petroleum and oil. Um, so first of all, I do think oil is range bound. You know, I'd put the low end of the range, maybe in the high 60s, 68, 69, something like that, a little bit below 70. And on the upper end, uh, do we get to 100? I don't think so, but probably, you know, maybe close, maybe mid 90s, uh, high 90s, something like that. A um, couple different things going on. First of all, uh, we have the shift away uh, in the developed markets uh, to more uh, battery powered. Uh, that's going to take quite some time. You know, you heard at the State of the Union address 10 years. Yeah, well, it's going to be way longer than 10 years uh, to get the globe off of oil. And uh, so I think that oil is range bound, largely dependent on the outcome uh, of this war. And you're hearing rattlings over the weekend out of, uh, you know, the UN talking about, you know, some sort of peace deal that they're working on. I don't think that can happen. But if this war came to an end quicker rather than later, I do think you'd see oil plummet. Um, that doesn't look like it's going to happen. Let's be realistic here. So I do think you're at the upper range of this trading band. Again, you know, high 60s, maybe 70 to sub 100. I don't see any real shocks to the system other than that. It seems like the supply is pretty safe right now. And don't forget, a lot of these producers are actually leading the charge. Uh, to develop alternatives and are playing quite a big role in that. Um, and it seems like the the world is is headed that way, but it is going to take some time. And there's still development. And right now, uh, oil is the cheapest way to run things. And, and that's what you're seeing. So you have also very tough time uh, in the diesel markets still. When you look at the price of diesel compared to the price to you know just gasoline, because of the U.S. strategic petroleum reserves being released, uh, there is a big spread there. But it seems like those diesel prices are, are coming down also, uh, and that will certainly be reflected uh, in the biggest user airlines, uh, trucking and, and bulk shipping as prices come down. So that's anti-inflationary force right there as well. Um, Mike, anything? You're done. 
Well, it's a pretty thorough and elaborate answer, and it really relates to a lot of the macro when you're dealing with oil in terms of the production. Um, one comment, I, the strategic petroleum release came a day after Russia announced that they were actually going to cut, uh, actually, yeah, cut their production by 500,000 barrels a day. So there's obviously some political ramifications back and forth on this. But from an investment perspective, I mean, energy has been the top performing sector in the S&P 500 for two consecutive years. It is very rare that something leads for three consecutive years. And then simultaneously on top of that, I, we, we've said this a number of times before. In the next quarter, one year ago, oil was $120 a barrel. And now it's in the high 70s. Um, so oil companies' margins aren't necessarily as good. And from a rate of change standpoint, their earnings are going to some. Their earnings are growing, but they're not growing by 200% a year anymore. So their earnings are sequentially slowing from that peak rate of change. So I think the market's kind of telling you that, yeah, a lot of this does look like it's a little bit range bound for this period of time. And maybe you get some rotation out of energy. But I mean, if you do have any economic surprises to the upside, I think oil could be vulnerable for a, a downshot, with the lone exception of the fact that, again, China's reopening and China consumes a lot of fossil fuels. Okay, well, here's a second question, Mike. Inflation rebounded in January. Last week, the Consumer Price Index, a major measurement of inflation, jumped 6.4% from a year ago. And while that's the seventh consecutive month of declines and the lowest 12-month inflation gain since October 2021, it still fell short of the estimate of Wall Street analysts. Retail sales also surged in January, which is a sign of the resiliency of consumers as prices continue to rise. U.S. retail sales increased 3% in January from the previous month higher than the 2% increase expected by economists, and a big reversal from the 1.1% decline posted in December. It's the biggest rise since March 2021, and wholesale prices rose more than expected to the start of the year. The producer price index rose 0.7% for the month, and that's the biggest increase since June. Economists surveyed by Dow Jones have been looking for a rise of 0.4% after a decline of 0.2% in December. Where do you think we go with inflation now? Sideways probably for one more month, and then it really starts to fall. Because you're getting into the point where you're lapping that one-year anniversary period of when Russia went into Ukraine. Shelter was a major addition to inflation, and as were some food prices. And you know some of the food variables in terms of uh, restaurants, they were up pretty considerably year over year, which also contributed to that really strong retail sales report. So on a nominal basis, retail, when you adjust for inflation, retail sales aren't necessarily quite as strong as on the surface. But, you know, there is a lot of resiliency in the U.S. consumer to actually spend. And you can see some of these numbers. And one of the more concerning variables that you look at right now is that the savings rate is incredibly low at 2.4 percent. And we just hit almost I think it was 20, the 22nd consecutive month where inflation spreads relative to wages are in negative territory. So that's one of the reasons why the savings rate is as low as it is right now. But when you look at some of the employment numbers, um, and it would make sense if retail sales were strong due to restaurants and you saw a really strong January with hires in the um, residential uh, restaurant business, I, I mean, you're you are seeing some resiliency and strength there. And it does appear that you know, we said we were in a recession last year because we would see two consecutive negative quarters of GDP data. 
some of these data some of these data points actually appear like they may be surprising and migrating to the upside here from an economic growth perspective which i mean when you take into consideration the inversion in the yield curve it is a little bit surprising the resiliency that you're seeing there in spite of that you know forecast for a recession when you see that yield curve disinverted but it, it, inflation is right on the edge of really starting to decelerate into some of these summer months. Once you get to this three and a half percent number, though, towards the edge of the summer and in the fall, it's going to be really difficult for it to go lower than that because of where the components actually are. So I think that it's going to take a little bit longer to get back to this two percent target. But we are right on the edge of where some of these inflation numbers, although they might stay stubbornly high for another month or so, they're really going to start to decelerate soon in the summer. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I would tend to agree with that. And, you know, uh, this stuff takes time, right? It, it took a while to get here. It seems like it happened fast. It takes a while to back off. But don't forget, with technology, with the speed of things today, everyone thought that, you know, we'll stay higher for a decade not going to happen. Uh, you have major deflationary forces uh, at work still globally, uh, and you will see that again. Okay, guys, that was great. And if you'd like to submit a question, send it to our email address, which is question at twoquestiontuesday.com, and we will be back next week.